0: From the Rivalry, the ongoing series for the month of December, in which myself, you let me tell you something co-host Lorcan Modern, and you rather let me tell you something co-host
1: Simon Cross,
0: watch or re-watch all of the matches that Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kazuchika Okada have had in one-on-one competition since their first match where Okada was a mere young lion to their most recent matches where Okada has been a clear ace with Tanahashi not so far away in the distance, but... Far away enough that you know you may have to have binoculars at the ready if it goes much further away, yeah. And this is the start of that stretch, I suppose, of that distance being created between the two, or at least defining what the relationship between these two characters are at this point. Because this is the start of I don't know if you want to say the epilogue, but it's obviously another stage like the what they were fighting for in all the matches from match two onto the Wrestle Kingdom match, which is match nine, has been settled now. Okada has claimed the top role. He is the defending champion going into this G1 climax, having lost it to Naito and then reclaimed it from Naito swiftly after. Yeah. So we are now in the early stages of Okada's record-breaking two-year run as IWGB heavyweight champion. This is essentially what it's all been built up for, to him be seen as so far ahead of the the rest, and Tanahashi was the last hurdle for him to jump over.
1: Hmm. His white whale, sort of.
0: Yes. But it seems like what this match wants to establish is that Tanahashi still has what it takes to compete with the best, to take on the new ace, and as the time limit yet again is reached in the second of their G1 matches, actually be in the lead and look set to win it. Yeah. So it's like, yes, maybe Tanahashi will now be expected to win every match against Okada, but maybe it'll be, instead of him winning six out of every ten matches now he'll win four out of every ten matches, or three out of every ten matches, and a lot more will be time to it draws. Because one thing that now seems to have been established with this G1 match is that these guys need more than half an hour to get the better of the other one.
1: Because they know each other so well.
0: And I think also that it pushes themselves further to win this match. Mm. The sense within the G1 climax is that everyone's going to lose at some point, point. you can accept that and just keep moving on.
1: Yeah. Do you think having this match... Um as like a time limit thing was deliberately designed to be their first encounter after the wrestle kingdom match and deliberately designed to be a draw just to show that whilst Tanahashi isn't the ace, he's still going to be a thorn in the side of Okada. Like you quoted the figure he's now down to like on, on the scale four out of 10 um, victories or three out of 10 victories but that's a good strike rate for a man who, over the course of the next two years from this match, basically becomes as close to unstoppable as you can are allowed to be in New Japan.
0: Mm, yeah, well, well, that will feed into the next match as well. But I think it was more just an establishment of Tanahashi is still an important player. The sense going into this, maybe even the most exciting period of New Japan ever, when everyone's now starting to pay attention to the point that we now have, english commentary teams at the desk at the venue with kevin kelly steve carino and uh, rocky romero yep and if there were four pillars of new japan at this point it was okada tanahashi omega and naito and they're the ones that are in the non-semi-final semi-finals of the next g1 climax where it's naito against tanahashi for one block and Okada against Omega for the other. And again, with this one, it's Tanahashi V Okada, although yeah. funnily enough, neither of them get through <laughs> and Omega Naito in the other block. So Tanahashi still needs to be kept strong. And also the key storyline for Tanahashi over these next few months and year is his series of matches with Naito. Yeah. And that's a different kind of hurdle for Naito to overcome. Cause Naito has been winning a fair share of matches against Tanahashi at this point, but It means a lot more to Naito insofar as him getting revenge on everyone that wronged him along the way. Yes. But for Tanahashi, I suppose it's his measuring stick again of like, I couldn't quite keep up with Okada anymore, but can I keep up with Naito, who's the next one coming up? Mm, mm. And Naito clearly has some issues with me that I don't necessarily have with him as much, but if I have to teach this little punk a lesson
1: so be it. Sort of like the attitude he had with Okada in the Young Lion match, because Okada, for a Young Lion, was being a bit of a knob.
0: I don't know if it's so much the Young Lion one, because the the gap between them is too wide that he wouldn't even be seen as a threat, but I do think the Okada of the first trilogy of matches, those first three matches, where Okada overcomes him, then stands with his foot on his chest, like, saying, it's all over, I've completely destroyed you, and then Tanahashi's like, not so fast.
1: (laughs) No, I don't think you have, Sunshine. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I think that's the more where they're at in that regards. Yeah. Whilst with the previous G1 match where they were, you know, 1A and 1B, they were mirroring each other even in the patterns of their winning and losing streaks. Yeah. Whereas with this one, they've gone on different journeys. Tanahashi lost the first three matches of his G1 against Sonada, who'd recently debuted and cost Okada his title in the match with Naito. And establishing himself with Los Inge Benables. and then he lost to Makabe, and then he lost to Tamatonga. But then he won the next five matches going into this match against Bad Luck Fale, Hiroki Goto, Ishii, Naomichi Marafuji, and Tenzan. And Marufuji was the outside wrestler taking part in the tournament who had actually surprised Akio Okada in a similar fashion, as opposed to how Okada surprised Tanahashi because of his dismissal of Marafuji Marafuji was able to get a semi-shock win over him in his first G1 match okay but then after that he went on of his five match winning streak against Sanada Goto Tonga Tenzan and Makabe. so he beat all the people that beat Tanahashi right but then he lost his next two to Ishii and Fale.
1: okay so to a stablemate as well then
0: yeah but it's always there's always a logic behind it of Who can we have the champ lose to that can get a good match out of him for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship? Or we can have him lose to a stablemate who will not challenge him for the title, which is why they had him lose to Ishii. Oh, did Ishii not challenge then? No, it's usually the traditions that, even if it's the leader, they don't challenge their group's leader for the title. The only time that stablemates will face off against each other will be in the G1 and maybe the New Japan Cup. Okay. Like I said, Nakamura and Okada was d- d- called the Forbidden Match, and it literally only happened twice when they were in the G1 against each other.
1: Is that one of like the main reasons that factions end up splitting?
0: Yeah, because you've got to change things up a bit, but as we've seen with Suzuki-gun disbanding now after 11 years of existence, mm. they take their time. New Japan will maybe book two to three major angles per year and everything else the story is being told really through the matches themselves rather than the interviews sneak attacks heel turn face turns etc so whilst we can say that gado genuinely is a fantastic booker he's not having to try and write a three-hour tv show every week or even a two-hour tv show every week
1: he's doing well within the storytelling structure he's created for himself kind of thing
0: it's along the lines of the booking structure that the wwf had during their first glory years the 80s and early 90s where maybe there's five or six angles that they have to shoot major angles for every wrestler and then it's just the house shows where that because that's what they're selling they're selling the matches on the house shows for the most part and then the pay-per-views so that's how they can stretch a storyline like randy savage and hulk hogan over a year, they can book it from WrestleMania to WrestleMania, just as how Tanahashi no Kada has been booked from Wrestle Kingdom to Wrestle Kingdom. Gotcha. It's as much luck of circumstance that allows you to have a bit more time with your booking decisions, I suppose, with Gado.
1: Yeah, in a way. But he
0: still books these things fantastically well. And he does do the right thing. And also, as we said, with the maths behind these G1s, how it's all worked out, it always conveniently hangs on what happens in the final match. Yeah. And usually, whoever wins the match between the last two is usually the one that will go to the final. But with this one, there's the added element that Goto is on 12 points. The only one on 12 points in their block at this point. Tanahashi and Okada are both on 10 points, and they both have head-to-head wins over Goto. So if either of them win, then they go to the final. But if they draw goto goes to the final
1: (laughs) so you're telling me there's a chance
0: yes and they keep saying that goto's there in the locker room with his fellow chaos members and rocky romero saying oh it's gonna be a bit awkward but you know we'll we'll learn to deal with it yeah but yeah i mean for the first part of this match it was i love that they both went for early wins again they both are going for inside cradles okada hits a really fast flurry of moves right at the start Goes wide, noise to the knee. The shotgun drop kick, top rope elbow. Then sets up for the rainmaker, but then Tanahashi turns that into an inside cradle, and then like many times before, then after he gets a chance, he drop kicks the knee. But it's also not just to target Okada's knee, which, as we said, has always been a success for him. When he's won, it's been in matches where he's gone for the knee. But it's actually one of the r- rare instances where Taashi's properly selling the neck attack that's happened to him in the early going of the match. He's actually yeah. lying on the mat, clutching his neck. Maybe that's something that had been hurt during the tournament itself. Because I remember Okada similarly was having neck issues in the next G1 as it went on. To the point that Kenny Omega was able to target it with you know and, and win their match in less than 30 minutes after two matches that had gone 45 in an hour
1: the amount of like uh i think the brand's called like rock tape or something like that that you see uh wrestlers covered in by the end of the g1 is truly a sight to behold uh,
0: so i enjoyed it enough but it did feel it wasn't until the final straight that i thought maybe this is something exceptional because the ending sequences are super exciting but everything else felt a little bit more They're still doing creative reversals and and everything, doing new stuff that we haven't seen before in these matches, new ways of getting one up on their opponents. Mm. And it's also funny as well with Okada that he seems to try and fight through more the knee attacks at the start, like he makes a point of doing a DDT and then a nip up, which hurts him. He does do a little wince, but then he's like, I can- y- your knee attacks haven't bothered me this much. Yeah,
1: I can rise through this stuff now. I can rise above this stuff. I've proven I'm the guy. Stop trying to be the guy. It's over.
0: Also, uh, Tanashi for the first time, is able to block the charging boots going on the outside... As we've said, the level of hatred and aggression is not there as much. They're, not, they're no longer grabbing each other by the hair and screaming in their faces during a forearm exchange. There is a sense of healthy respect at this point, but Okada's still not against trying to boot him over the barricade. But Tanahashi is able to catch it and turn it into a dragon screw and then does a dragon screw through the barricade yeah. itself, again coming up with inventive ways of doing it. And I like to think that the reason this is the first time he probably blocked the charging boot is because he knew how close the people in the front row were, and he didn't want to hurt them by going over.
1: <laughs> ah, he's such a kind man. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> uh, but I kind of rallies from that really quickly, and then we get one of like the trademark momentum shift moves in a New Japan match, with the uh, Tombstone Piledriver to the floor. So it's like, yes, I've done this dragon-screwed to you through a barrier, like, before... When I was, like, apex Tanahashi. That that would be my momentum shifter. You'd be, like, on the back foot for the next 10 to 15 minutes. kinda straight away is like, nah, this is my momentum. Go, go away.
0: But a lot more of this is, not again, not the greatest hits, but it is...
1: It's double concentrate squash.
0: Yeah. What was your cordial to water ratio as a youngster?
1: Aggressively high.
0: Yeah, I wasn't that bad. I remember my cousin was like half a mug of cordial. Yeah, it was like this is insanity. Um, he's now we now call him Gummy Joe.
1: <laughs> Growing up with a sibling as well, especially when you get like the Vimto or the Ribena on offer, you've got to learn to te- like temper that stuff. Otherwise, you get yourself in big trouble.
0: <laughs> also, one of the rare instances of a move that doesn't seem to go 100 percent right in this match, where. Okada's going for his Death Valley Driver move. Yeah. I think he's called Rainfall, I think that move's called. And it looks like Tanahashi's meant to have turned it into a sling blade, but he doesn't have full control of him as they go down, and the commentators are kind of trying to figure out who was meant to get the better of that for a moment. It's funny as well for me watching this with live English commentary this is the first time I've not been listening to the Japanese commentary obviously you've listened to the ones where they've been looking back at the archives of the commentary and sort of doing it retrospectively how did it feel watching it with live commentary that you're understanding the language as well
1: much fresher much much fresher I I understand why they have to have archival commentary Uh, in New Japan's case doesn't mean I think it's the right thing to do generally but, it, it's a, like I've I've said before in a previous episode, it's a necessary evil. Because, obviously, you're going to get fans who join the product in the Okada and Mega Gears, and they're going to want to look back and go, well, they mentioned guys like Tanahashi, they mentioned guys like Naito, what's going on with that? And then they'll follow their threads backwards at the big events.
0: Kevin Kelly's a fantastic commentator, and he's pretty much there from the start, Steve Carino, he's not awful. I mean, I know he was a commentator for Ring of Honor for a while, but I also think he did quite a lot of that in character as Mr. Wrestling 3. Yeah. <laughs> Along those lines. I think it was Carino that really popularized the screaming of Superkick <laughs> during Young Bucks matches. And Rocky Romero's good enough for what it is, but I think that, to me, my favorite combination has always been Kelly and Don Callis. Yeah. Oh, not, not Aussie Chris. I do enjoy Oz- the Aussie oh my god Don gonna get it this time yeah it's like an Australian cookie monster <laughs> Tom
1: Callis is a hell of a voice I mean I've not re- I can't remember a lot of his New Japan commentary but obviously AEW week to week having him recently come back to the commentary desk albeit during this series thing it's fun
0: He's got a lot of the Bobby Heenan about him. I mean, a lot of people made the comparison of his partnership with Kenny Omega being very similar to the Nick Bockwin called Bobby Heenan relationship. And him being biased during the Omega matches, but never to an obnoxious level. It's a tough needle to thread, but, you know, obviously the gold standard of that is Bobby Heenan at the 92 Royal Rumble, but yeah, he, like... Him screaming, yes, 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 at the end. You got that with it. when Omega beats him at Dominion, ending the two-year run, and he goes, Hooks the leg, hooks the leg, hooks <laughs> the leg, hooks the leg. <laughs> That's my second favorite call from Dark Alice. My favorite call is in one of the Okada Omega matches where it looks like Omega's finally in control, but then runs into that goddamn drop kick. <laughs>
1: I mean... It is a goddamn beautiful thing, so there's le- there's levels to that.
0: <laughs> I still think this is an excellent match. I would go four and a half stars on it, and I would say it's the better of the two G1 matches that they've had. I suppose because there is more of that excitement, because you know the consequences of it. There's, there's another match for both of those guys to have in the next one, but this one you know that outcome A will work for Okada. Outcome B will work for Tanahashi and outcome C will work for Goto. So there's three plausible endings to this story. Yes, I do like that factor. I like
1: that I like the fact there's like a specter looming over this.
0: But they do change enough things up like when Tanahashi does his classic going for a dragon suplex and Okada breaks it and he goes into a straitjacket, This is the first time where Okada's really tried desperately not to get hit by it. Like there's an actual trying to shift Power and momentum and control. He's always blocked the dragon, but this is the first time he's seriously tried to stop the straightjacket German yeah. from happening.
1: Which is weird that it's took this long, thinking about it. <laughs>
0: the one time Tanahashi's able to hit it no problem is when he's worked over Okada's arms, that he doesn't even have he the, the break to break it. Yeah, So there's the, there is that thought and just that sense that they're still trying to improve, and they're still trying to find ways to beat... like. As we said, Okada so utterly underestimated Tanahashi the last time he lost to him. That was his undoing. But this time, he's still trying to change things up and find ways to beat him or find ways to counter him. Because he knows that Tanahashi is still a worthy opponent. Yeah. And he's still the guy that he will go balls to the wall to beat and therefore will work harder. And that's why, whilst they've both lost to guys that have taken them less than 30 minutes in this tournament, when it comes to Tanahashi or when it comes to Okada, they have to be at their best to beat them. Because it's just that's what the other one's gonna bring for their matches. Yeah, and again, they still keep on coming up with new ways with the forearm exchange. Because they do the forearm exchange, but the difference here is that Tanahashi's on the apron trying to get back in, and so Okada's like trying to control the ring, sort of like that Kurt Hennig Nick Bockwinkel match where Hennig's bleeding on the outside and he keeps coming up to the apron and
1: Bockwinkel just punches downward at him.
0: Yeah, just like King of the Castle sort of situation. Yeah, man, the barricades. <laughs> <laughs> He's got all the classic stuff. High fly flows, hitting the back, but then he goes up for the second time and it hits the knees. Tombstone reversals. He does try to do um, a sling blade of his own, doesn't he, Okada, at one point, I think. And there's a bit where he tries to do a standing neck breaker thing.
1: Yeah, that was new.
0: Yeah. Oh, and we also see the maintaining of wrist control.
1: Yeah, we do. And we
0: do get the repeat of his attempted finish from that match because then he does the one short clothesline picks him up for the second short clothesline, but instead this time, which was what set up the final Rainmaker for him to win the Wrestle Kingdom 10, but in this time, Okada ducks it and hits him with a dragon suplex for a really long two counts. And the tombstone piledriver is... Tanashi's trying to wrestle out of it, so instead he turns it into a package tombstone piledriver, doesn't he?
1: It's like those little adaptations, like you say, that that next level of countering between the two of them
0: and it's counters to counters counters again it's like okada goes for the rainmaker tanahashi ducks it and then goes for his version of the rainmaker but now okada knows that tanahashi likes to hit him with the rainmaker so he's able to duck that rainmaker
1: and then we end in a sling blade with that one don't we
0: yeah 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 tanahashi's climbing the ropes and again one of the other things i love about tanahashi is his method of getting up the ropes is my favorite method in all of wrestling Because it is like minimal amount of time it takes. He doesn't want to spend time bending over, going under the ropes. He's
1: he vaults, yeah,
0: vaults over, and then he's ready in climbing position as quickly as possible. And he hits that high fly flow, then goes for it again, yeah. And that is when the clock counts down. Although Okada does kick out before the three, I assume the way they wanted to time it was that it would be in pin for like a one count and then it would expire because yeah. they want to keep that mystery element to it that maybe Tanahashi, if this was a 30 minute and three second match, would have won. But unfortunately, the timing wasn't quite there. It's like how at WrestleMania 8, Hogan hit Sid with the leg drop and it was supposed to be that Papa Shunga would be in the ring to attack him but he missed his cue and he was still halfway down the entrance ramp so they had to have it that Sid kicked out of the leg drop.
1: Oh Hogan love that <laughs>
0: Yeah, he kinda been ecstatic. I was just watching a video today actually of the Undertaker recounting Hulk Hogan tried to politic him when he lost the titles to him by claiming that the Undertaker had hurt his neck. Yeah. With it and like if you watch it, the Hogan's head's about a foot away from the mat. <laughs> and, he's like, and apparently he was saying he was hearing Hogan say, Call my wife, call my kids, I need to speak to them <sighs> Jesus. You don't get that from Tanashi Okada. No they make each other look as great as possible. Also, is this the first time that literally even Goto has sold that he's knackered? Uh, not Goto, <laughs> that even Red Shoes has sold that he's knackered? Because at the final belt, all three of them are lying. <laughs> Tan- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Red Shoes has done it in all the previous matches as well. It's just this time he's like, we've got the overhead camera so you catch it. Yeah. It's also interesting, Tanashi still hasn't beaten Okada in Sumo Hall. It's two wins for Okada and two draws.
1: We all have tricky nights in Stoke. Uh, in the season, don't we? Yeah.
0: See, so, yeah, it was just a story of reversals, essentially. It's like every every move that they've done to each other because they've had so many matches. Because it's not often that in New Japan that, that you'll have had these many matches over like a four-year period. That they've had ten matches. That's averaging a ma- no, nine matches, I suppose. So that's averaging a match almost every six months. And the vast majority of them put together in a 20-month period. But... I love this match, but just not as much as I loved all the others. So, a match having four and a half stars means that it's in the relegation zone for how you rank these matches.
1: Yeah, and like, like we've alluded to, it is a different style of match for the two of them.
0: The, the time limit element and the fact that there was a, a different result if it is a time limit draw that goes for neither of them, I think made the finishing straight even more, that much more exciting. That it might be one of the more exciting finishes because of that time element... But I just don't think that the first half of the match is, like, exciting enough for me to go beyond four and a half stars. Well,
1: the the first draw wasn't in the last round of fixtures, was it? Whereas this was. I yeah, think yeah. I think that's why they did it this way this time. So it's like, a draw means something outside of the two of them.
0: I think it was slightly dickish to have them, neither of their music play, but instead they play Goto's music. <laughs> I think that's what they did. Oh, I mean, Goto won the block, though. <laughs> I know, but it is fun. Like, if they have had Goto, they'd come out and just stand over their prone bodies going, yay!
1: <laughs> <laughs> default! Default! Default!
0: default. default. <laughs> See, now I wanted that. <laughs> so, yeah, the story is basically Okada is the ace, but Tanahashi is still probably the second best in the promotion. Although, the next night we have Naito and Omega's all-time banger of a block final, yeah, and then Omega going past Goto, and suddenly over a weekend, they created another main event star who, boy, did he take his opportunity.
1: And run with it, yep.
0: And that's where probably the reason for this podcast existence comes, so, you know, those ripple effects over time. I don't mean rerun the rivalry, I mean, like, just let me tell you something as a podcast. Yeah. But I do like that whilst it's the story that Tanahashi was in control and maybe would and like i said i think they wanted it to look like tanahashi won the match is so exhausted by the end that he's being helped to the back by the young lions and everything whereas okada refuses any assistance and limps his way so it's like maybe okada's just physically gonna have more of these battles ahead of him whereas it takes more out of tanahashi to do these things now yeah uh,
1: his uh bump cards a lot fuller
0: but it's a much bigger book than most people's bump cards is yeah You know, compared to my bump card, mine's a pamphlet, and his (laughs) and his is infinite jest. Yeah.
1: He's that book you showed me about the guy who planned New York.
0: The power broker. That's the badger. He's the power broker, and I'm the list of uh, Tory promises kept from 1952 to to 2022. (laughs)
1: Oh, I'm laughing, but it's a laugh of a man who stares nervously at his smart meter.
0: (laughs) Well, we don't want to use up much more energy by keeping on, so we'll call it a night here. (laughs) Simon, if people want to get in touch with you with uh, recommendations of types of kindling that might be able to stoke (laughs) a fire.
1: The following breeds of dog are edible. (laughs) How can they do so? People can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Free for the number of potential A block winners at the start of this match.
0: My name is Lorca Mullin, that's L O R C A N M U L L A for the A in A block, N for the N in no, neither of you get through. Bring in Goto. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, letterbox. If you're putting out at gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. Get in touch with the show at lmtyspod.gmail.com. At Lmtyspod is also on Twitter and Facebook handles. Now, it's funny, Simon, that you do mention the title reign that okada is now on because okada manages to match tanahashi's record with his 11th defense and then on the microphone tanahashi's like well what do i do at this point well there's only one thing that you can do and allow a rule to be broken by making the challenge yourself and okada invited tanahashi to be his 12th challenger on his record-breaking title run. A sign of respect and differing relationships between the two. And this is nearly two years later. This is about 18 months or so. This is the, by far the longest gap between matches. 630 days from this G1 Climax match. They're wrestling each other. At Don Taku. Can Tanahashi claim both Okada's IWGP Heavyweight Championship? And deny him breaking the record that Tanahashi broke the night that Tokada laid his first challenge down for him.
1: It's all coming to pass.
0: But there's nothing to say at this point, except that my name's Lorcan Mullen.
1: And my name's Simon Cross.
0: Thank you for letting us tell you something, and I hope you'll stay with us as we continue to rerun The Rivalry.